Downtown Eau Claire is the place to experience amazing restaurants, entertainment of all sorts, and unique local shops to find your new favorite thing. You're invited to Trick or Treat Downtown. Join thousands of ghouls and goblins and enjoy a spooky time from 3 to 5 on October 31st. Learn more about this and other exciting upcoming events at downtowneauclair.org. And Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Not quite fall yet. Gonna be hot and humid coming up this week in the Chippewa Valley. Saw over in Minnesota, 93 degrees for some communities in southwestern Minnesota today on Tuesday. And that's coming our way on Wednesday. Not going to be in the 90s, they don't say, but uh, we will see. Uh, so it's going to be hot and humid, but uh, we will persevere. So don't turn those ACs off quite yet. Lots to get to today, as always. We're going to talk about that 4th of July committee in the city of Eau Claire, or if there even is going to be a 4th of July committee in the, C- in the city of Eau Claire. We'll talk about that. A few other things with education in town. In fact, that's where we start off. We're going to take a tour of some educational facilities in the Chippewa Valley today. we got some things to cover that, in some cases, don't directly impact education, but they're still part of the educational institutions. That's where we'll begin uh, here today. And we start off with this. We talked about this late last week, and then they, they announced it on Friday which I know there was reasons you they did it on Friday, but you don't make a good announcement on Friday. And I'm seeing that way too much, by the way. Too much happy news is being announced on Fridays, and it gets buried with the weekend. Announce good things on, on Mondays and Tuesdays, Wednesdays, even Thursdays, but don't, don't make happy announcements on Fridays because then it gets lost in the weekend and I understand it's not the same as it was when you had newspapers and you wanted to avoid being in the weekend newspaper especially the Saturday newspaper but the pattern of media consumption remains the same and by the way I'm referring to Chippewa Valley Technical College uh, Chippewa Valley Technical College on Friday announced their new mascot nickname, if you will. And it's going to be the River Otters, the Chippewa Valley Technical College River Otters. It's the first official mascot for CVTC in about 30 years. Reminded, by the way, and some of you out there may very well have been one of these, used to be the CVTC Tech Tigers. 30, 40 years ago, and that is when CVTC did have some athletic teams, but the the athletic program for CVTC has long been disbanded. But CVTC announcing on Friday its new mascot, its nickname, its logo, which I love it all, by the way. I love the name River Otters. 
I love the logo. I love the color scheme that they have. I think it's fantastic. And if you have not seen the logo, go check it out. It's creative. It's sleek. It's not basic. I love it. Now, there have been some teams, you know, my minor league sports background. I've come across teams called the River Otters before, and I could regale you with stories, but I love this. The CVTC River Otters has a local connection to it. It's cool. I, I love it. But I wish they hadn't announced it on, on Friday. Now, the reason they announced it on Friday is because... This wasn't just a simple announcement. This was part of a celebration, and I forget the name of it around here, uh, some, some high academic name of something. But in essence, you and I would refer to it as this, a ceremony to officially welcome in President Sunim Bidin Garcia, who, by the way, has been the president of CVTC for about two years, but they're just getting around to it because no doubt COVID and things getting pushed for a few years and then probably at one point they figured we'll, we'll tie in this announcement with her welcoming ceremony uh, that they that they have what was it, an overture or something some some high some high and higher academia sort of thing that you would call it I guess but <clears throat> they had a ceremony in honor of her as the president and she's been here now for a couple of years and been doing a bang up job by everything I have heard by the way so maybe not really a welcoming ceremony, maybe more of a validation ceremony for what she has done for the last couple of years. And that's really why the announcement happened on a Friday, because a ceremony like that typically would occur on a Friday, and they tied this in. But the CVTC River Otters, and I love the name and all of that, and now they're asking the community to help them name the river otter name the mascot and i'm sure they're going to spend a, a few thousand dollars and get a costume my recommendation the cvtc get two of them don't just buy one costume buy two you'll 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 thank me later on that buy two it's gonna be more expensive right away but you'll you'll benefit in the long run on that so CVTC River Otters, uh, I did have some people this weekend say, well, they have a nickname. Why not bring back the athletic programs? And I think I said this last week, I, it doesn't, you don't hear any rumblings of that going on at CVTC. None at all. There's no, there's no smoke or anything. That, forget about there being a fire to that. There's no smoke. There's not even the, the hint of a rumor of athletic programs returning to CVTC, but you wonder now you have the nickname as odd as it is does that get some more people thinking now that CVTC has had all of this expansion in the last few years the new buildings and what have you and the fact that they are trying to create more of a traditional college feel again with some more housing they're getting and this mascot do they consider starting up a small athletic program? We will see. The reason you do bring athletics is the reason you do a number of things at college. You are trying, to, these colleges do things, 
You're trying to give people more reason to sign up. You're trying to give people more reason to enroll in your institution. So we will see if that comes to fruition. But for right now, just a, a, a mascot, the CVTC River Otters. Of course, there's been all this renovation and growth at CVTC. And it brings us to something else we have now seen in the last couple of, uh, of days. And that is uh, the news dropping down. There's been renovation at uh, Regis High School. Regis High School doing some renovation in the last couple of, I guess, the last year or so. Uh, looking at it uh, right here. Yeah, the Regis doing a renovation. The last uh, that they... There we go. Scott was all tied up looking at something on his computer there. But Regis High School, the Regis High School and Middle School, unveiling this week a renovation they had done to the second floor of Regis High School and Middle School. And the second floor, and it's been a few years since I've been upstairs at Regis, uh, but I think the upstairs is mostly the middle schoolers, but the high schoolers have reasons to go up there too. But they redid the second floor of the high school and middle school. And uh, one of the few renovations, and some are saying arguably the only major renovation to have happened at that building since it opened 70 years ago. There has not been a lot of work inside of that school since it opened 70 years ago. And if you've walked around Regis any time in the last number of years, there is something that's kind of cool about it. The exposed brick that they had, it does feel very 1960s, 1970s when you'd walk around there would look. And I say this with a positive tone, You'd walk in there, and it wasn't like it was dirty. It wasn't like it was dated in a bad way. But you'd walk in, and it would very much feel like you were walking into one of those high school scenes from a 1980s movie with the exposed brick and kind of the color scheme that there was there. But now Regis has done a renovation to the second floor, a little bit more modern, a little bit more sleeker. It was all paid for through donations. So all privately financed through all the various friends of Regis High School. No doubt tapping into some of that alumni. No doubt tapping into the friends of Regis who maybe didn't go to Regis or have any direct connection, but they believe in Regis High School. And the mission of uh, the Catholic school. So good to see Regis get a renovation like that. We talk about how in this area some of the schools, whether they're public or private, have begun to fall a little bit behind other areas around western Wisconsin as far as new buildings and all that sort of thing that's happening. So good to see an investment uh, like this. And by the way, uh, Regis, I know, has had some newer toys already in their classrooms. So there's been investment in some of the academic tools that go in there from newer technologies, you know, more of the smart boards as opposed to the old blackboards and even the old whiteboards. Those are kind of cool. 
uh, to see. But now they're renovating the actual building, and that is a good thing to see. Now, the thing for a Regis, and I've said this before on this show, and this is why a renovation like this is such a positive development for a school like Regis, having an inviting school, having some of those newer, sleeker toys is very important for a private school in this area. Because, as I've said before, it's a legit competition for a Regis, for a McDonald, that the public schools here are, by and large, good. You know, people can have their issues at the public schools and, and what have you, but the public schools in this area, by and large, are good. Where I've been around the country before, the most successful private Catholic schools tend to be in areas where they're able to exploit failures in the public school system or where the public schools have an iffy reputation. That just doesn't really exist in this community. People aren't trying to avoid the public schools in vast numbers in this area. So a Regis, so a McDonnell have a little bit more competition than some of these private schools have in other areas. So if you are a Regis, you want you, you got to spend a little bit of money on you know having a nicer building and stuff like that. Give people that extra reason to want to go to your school. That's not a bad thing. We talk about competition all the time in business. It's not bad to have that here. You and I benefit. You and I benefit. If we've got good, solid public schools and we've got good private schools, that's a good problem to have in our area. That's good. We've got very good education in this town. While maybe the buildings aren't quite as nice as what they have in, say, Hudson, where they've had a building boom. We are, you can't really go wrong in this area. That's not to say everyone's experience everywhere has been great. I know there's people listening going, oh, the Oak Square schools have been terrible for my kids and they can lay out 15 examples as a something. And if you've had a bad experience, I can't tell you that that is not accurate. I'm sure people have had bad experiences. I'm sure people have had bad experiences at any school there is in this area. But when you look at the totality of things, other than there being discussions over policies and stuff like that, inside the classrooms themselves, it's been very good at pretty much every district you can name in this area. You know, and again, I look at a, at a Regis and I talk about the legit competition. I am a practicing Catholic. Go to Immaculate Conception, considered by many the home church of Regis. Yet, my wife and I have our kids go to the Eau Claire Public Schools. Not because I try to avoid Regis, absolutely not. But because the Eau Claire Public, Public Schools have been good for our kids. Our kids have thrived in the Eau Claire public schools. So there's no reason to take them out. We, uh, we've gotten lucky in that regard. Our kids have thrived in the Eau Claire 
public school system. But if they did not have a good experience in the Eau Claire public schools, then obviously a Regis would be a fantastic option. And I wouldn't call it a fallback option either. It'd be an outstanding option, you know, 1B to have. So very good uh, good news when you see this renovation. Uh, the, the arms race, if you will, uh, for the schools in the region. Uh, and this thing, too, for a lot of the people that send their kids to Regis or McDonald, and of course we've got the McDonald podcast on our network, yes, some people send their kids for, for reasons other than this, but a lot of people send their kids to the Catholic schools for, and, and wait for this, for that religious education, which is very real, which is very, very real. A lot of people do send their kids to the public school system, to, the, uh, to say like a Regis, for that Catholic school education for any number of reasons uh, from that. Uh, staying with the school systems, uh, the Eau Claire Area School District. Now, of course, just as I talk about uh, the benefits and all that, that uh, the Eau Claire schools are, uh, you know, th- 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 that we have for school districts all over the area. A reminder with, uh, with this, uh, the Eau Claire Area School District uh, coming out with a board meeting on Monday and announcing 49% of students are graduating with a GPA of 2.8 or greater. So pretty much half the students graduating are graduating with a GPA of 2.8 out of a 4.0 scale. And that's what they consider to be their goal is a 2.8. 2.8, the low mark for kids we feel have gotten out of the school with the right sort of comprehension. Now, kids with a lower GPA are still being allowed to graduate. There's another bar for true failure, if you will. But 2.8 is the goal. And they've come out and said half the students, actually slightly less than half the students, are graduating with that 2.8 GPA, which they obviously want to raise that. They don't think it's an egregiously low number, but they also don't want to put a bar on that either. Are you going to have 100% of the students in a perfect world, 100% of the students would get a 4-0. But they want to figure out ways, how can we raise this up? How far can we raise up this 49% graduating? Now, the other thing you have to look at is, what is that demographic that is not getting the good GPAs? And the lower GPAs tend to be in the lower economic level. And the question is, you need to figure out why and the actual whys to certain demographics not reaching the 2.8 GPA. Why are they having more struggles in the school? This study that they've come out with and these numbers really confirm assumptions. They confirm things, well, you know, they... XYZ, whatever assumption may be had, it kind of confirms some assumptions, especially assumptions we've heard in the last few years. Those that don't have as much Internet access, uh, those that maybe are, are tied up with having to work to support their own family that all come under the the umbrella of 
being in maybe a lower economic situation tend to have some more struggles in school. Well, this just kind of confirms that. All right, so we know that. Now what to do about it? And what are the actual reasons why? You don't want this just to be self-actualization that occurs. What are the actual things you can do? And it's likely a matter of both practical, i.e. trying to figure out how do kids get more internet access, but also social. How do you make sure that you fight sometimes lower expectations that come? from kids in certain social demographics. How do you fight that? It might be an inherent thing in the family. And, and by the way, that goes across all... Here's the thing. You can easily say, I'm going to back up for a moment, when you're looking at some of these reasons. You know, we say internet access. That's one of those clear things. That, you know, everybody, you know, the kids that come from families that maybe have a little bit of disposable income, they probably have internet access. Kids that come from a lower demographic, lower economic demographic might not have that same. But you talk about time. So let's talk about time. And we you hear a lot of people say, well, kids from a lower economic situation, they tend to have to, school ends and they go right to work and they're working till 9, 10 o'clock at night so they don't have time to do their studies. And that's perfectly uh a valid reason and has to be looked at. But what about those students that school ends and they've got one or two activities as well and they're still able to. So it's a matter of, of trying to teach time management, all these things. At the end of the day, what I'm saying is we got this study that came out. We want to raise things up. Many of the students that tend to fall below that 2.8 have various reasons as to why and what can we do to combat the why. And some of it, again, is fixing practical things like internet access. Is it a matter of taking care of more during the school day? And you already slowly have seen that across. Slow, I don't know how many of you have noticed that with kids. The days of homework are over. I can't... I, I, I think my kids combined, I've got a 7th grader and a 4th grader. I think combined, they've had three hours of homework over all these years. Combined. Three hours total. And that might be of an overestimate. The, the days of homework have already kind of ended. So how, do we, how are we able to do more in the classroom? Anyway, so when we talk about time and all that, the fact that kids have things going on after school that does that's not going to play a factor how do we also set good expectations and that doesn't re that and that is regardless of whatever the socio economic demographic is but how do we set good expectations hey here's why getting a good gpa matters here's why doing well in school matters. And it's not just about things tangibly that that GPA can do. It's about setting a good foundation for yourself. It's about setting good sort of, it, it's like practice in sports. If you practice bad, 
you're going to play bad. You know what I mean? If you, but same thing in school and work. If you set good habits, time management, you stick with something, you try to find answers, you set your own individual standards, that's going to carry over to any number of things that happens. So we'll keep an eye on that with the Oak Area School District and uh, this study that came out. Um, what are you practically going to do with this? And the thing you got to watch with all of these studies when they come out, and the study themselves are fine, is does this, does, does this just become a talking point for people? That they sit there and they go, we've got to... You know, we've got to look after the, those that are being left behind. 100% agree. What are we going to do about it? And then when you tell the person what are we going to do about it, they just keep sort of spitting out cliches. Well, no, let's think of actual, reason, actual things. Before I move off this, you want to know, uh, I heard a great thing earlier today on this. We always look for answers and not this is a bad thing, but we always look for answers from people that have got the big fancy degree and they've studied this sort of thing for years. But we rarely, rarely actually get the true, we very rarely go to the people that maybe lived that life and can understand that life. Case in point, as I said before, let's talk about those lower expectations that some kids are saddled with that maybe came from their family or what have you, or school's not viewed as an important thing, or if anything, it's almost downplayed school. And the higher academics and what have you, a lot of people are going to say, hey, you got to work hard so you can go to college and get a good job. But sometimes that simply is never going to be a dream for some kids. They just That's just not their dream. So when you keep talking to them about, hey, if you don't get good grades, you're never going to be able to go to college and you're not going to be able to get XYZ job. And the kid might sit there and go, I, that doesn't mean anything to me anyway. So how do you, how do you get through to them? And that's why sometimes we don't, uh, we got to talk more to the people that live that life and they can speak more to what is viewed as a success. So that, that's a whole other conversation for another, that's a whole other conversation for another day. Uh, wrap it up with this today. A couple, of, you know, a couple you know, we're going to run out of time here today. Fourth uh, of July committee, the Fourth of July committee. In the city of Eau Claire, uh, going to talk about where the fireworks going to be next year. What's the future of the 4th of July celebration? They want to make a decision here rather soon. Well, word coming out that, uh, remember a couple weeks ago, they, they, the city of Eau Claire said, hey, we're going to put together this blue ribbon committee. And we're going to have a, a, a resident representative. We'll have a resident representative of this, like you have for many of the committees in the city of Eau Claire. Well, word coming down, uh, courtesy of the Chamber of Commerce in Eau Claire, that there has not been, as of yesterday, as of Monday, there has not been a single applicant in the city of Eau Claire 
to join the 4th of July committee. Not one single applicant yet. Now that doesn't does that mean people aren't interested? I don't think that doesn't I don't think that means that. I just think a lot of people assumed I I think a lot I'll put it I'll put it this way. I, I think now that you're going to probably get some applicants now. There was an email that went out the chamber members and all of that. I'm sure there's been applicants now, but I think it was one of those cases where everybody assumed somebody else had already applied. <laughs> it's like the old joke you you sometimes hear the uh the attractive person is is never is always the one that doesn't get the dates because everybody automatically assumes the attractive person already has a boyfriend or a girlfriend. <laughs> uh, the other thing too is with these committees, and it sounds weird, but think of yourself with this: if you volunteer to join this committee and you write something out, you're putting yourself. There's the potential you're not picked, and is it worth that? Is it, is it, it, does this mean enough to you that you're willing to be rejected as a member of something? That's not insignificant. Somebody may have sat there and gone, eh, you know, it could be kind of cool. It's not worth it. If I, if, I, if I apply and I don't get picked, that ain't worth it. This isn't a job. This isn't a dream job that I'm going after or anything like that. This is a volunteer position for a committee that probably already has a bunch of great applicants. Why am I going to apply and then and then have these these people in the city tell me they don't want me? That that probably is why some people didn't apply either. See if there's anything else. Ah, we we'll, we'll 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 touch on this stuff later. Uh you know, we're not going you know, the Chippewa County Board got together uh, over a staffer that may or may not be reprimanded. Uh, we don't even know what's being accused or who it is. Nothing's leaked out at all over that. Uh, we'll touch on the Chippewa Crossing, the fact it's coming to life uh, on uh, on Thursday, uh, and a few other things. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of Talk of the Town. We're back with you live edition on Thursday. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.